0: The nationalists have just taken a major victory in Europe. Marine Le Pen, right-wing nationalist in France, is now the biggest party. That's my understanding. It's complicated because it's the European elections, the EU. It's not national level. But also, Italy's Salvini has surged in the European elections. And as you know, the Brexit party is, uh, my understanding is the Brexit party was the biggest uh, uh, winner in the elections. So a lot of uh, right-wing nationalism. But the other thing is is that the Greens, the far left, actually made serious gains. What does this say? Well, look, the right-wing nationalist stuff was always predictable. With Trump, with Brexit, Australia, India, etc. we're seeing this rise of nationalism sweep across, well, the world now, it seems. The Greens, we didn't expect as much. But this says one thing to me, polarization. They say on Sky News that the centrists, the, the, the center is fragmenting. That's-, that's that's pretty bad news. Okay. Look, it's one thing if you think it's good, your side is winning. It's another thing when we see political polarization to both extremes, because where is this going to bring us? Actual conflict. You know, when you have a center left and center right being the left and the right, but they're very close to each other, like we saw in the US 20 years ago, you can have disagreements, but people work with each other. Now we're getting to the point where the far left is calling the other side the worst of the worst, and they're both calling each other the worst of the worst. When both tribes view each other as evil, and they do, this is what's happening, it spells bad news. I think the reason the right-wing nationalists are winning, though, is because regular people think the far left has gone off the deep end. And I believe that's fair to point out. So here's what I'm do. Let's read through the story. But I've got some data points. I've got a graph showing where we're at, and I've got some, um, some sleazy pollstering that try and make it seem like the UK doesn't want Brexit. But but uh, before we get started, go to TimCast.com donate if you'd like to support my work, Monthly donation option, cryptocurrency, physical address. Of course, you can just share this video, like it or comment because the engagement boosted in the algorithm on YouTube. And if you're watching, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you can leave a good review. That always helps. But let's go back to the story here and figure out what's going on from Sky News. Europe is seeing a major political shift as the traditional center left and center right parties were edged out by populist, environmentalist, and far-right parties in the European Parliament elections. The far-right gained precedence on Sunday following four days of polarized vote of a polarized vote across the bloc, with parties led by Italy's populist Matteo Salvini and French far-right leader Marine Le Pen becoming among the biggest in the European Assembly. As Mr. Salvini told supporters at his party headquarters in Milan, the rules are changing in Europe. Quite literally, at this point, I think it needs to be said that right-wing nationalism, right-wing populism is mainstream. Listen, Trump winning was considered a fluke. Brexit winning was considered a fluke. But at what point do you say, I think this is what people are actually interested in? Now, of course, one of the strategies of the far left is to accuse everybody of being, you know, literally the worst of the fringe far right. And that's absurd. A lot of these people that are called far right are actually just like nationalist, like center, libertarian types. Like how they call Sargon far right is beyond me, right? The dude's argued for like uh, social programs and he's, he's very, very, he's, he's rather centrist. I, I'll say they say it was a good night for pro environment greens who are riding a green wave propelled by recent climate change demonstrations. Provisional results early on Monday showed green parties in Germany, France, the UK and elsewhere came fourth in the election with 70 seats, an increase of 18 compared to 2014's elections. What are we seeing? This is social media in action. I have showed this study multiple times. University of Missouri has this graph showing the political polarization happening on social media where the, the fringe of the far left and the far right are being amplified. Now, I'm not saying the parties that won are the fringe of the far left and the far right. No, the parties that won are, are absolutely the result of the polarization because the middle is gone. There's no middle anymore. It's either, you know, like, look, I made a tweet the other day about Captain Marvel and I got inundated with these weird, like, gamer feminists who are accusing me of being like a white male sexist or something. And it was the weirdest thing. But this is the kind of conversation that erupts. So when you see on Twitter, someone says something like, man, climate change sounds like a problem. And then everyone dogpiles you. It pushes people to the far left and the far right. I will also add, though, the narrative isn't being controlled anymore. It was very easy in the past for the media to tell you what was or wasn't true, and they still try. But now there's social media. So when it comes to what's happening in Europe with immigration and refugees and the crisis, you are going to get people who see these videos, who hear what's going on, who are impacted by it, and they're going to vote for nationalists who want stronger borders. One of the biggest mistakes that the EU made, in my opinion, was not controlling its borders properly. The EU isn't necessarily a bad idea. I think it's being implemented poorly. I'm not super well-versed on European politics, but I generally like the idea of a union, especially like Europe, because it's not too dissimilar to what we did in the United States a long time ago. So it's possible it could function well. The problem is you have no control of your borders. People are flooding into into these countries, and it's scaring the population, and they're saying enough. If the EU won't do anything about it, in fact, the EU wants more migrants telling Poland to bring in more migrants— then the people are going to say, no, enough, enough. So here's the thing. You see these videos in in, uh, uh, Italy and Spain of boats coming on the shore and hundreds of people running full speed through through these beaches. That freaks people out. Whatever your opinion is on borders, that freaks people out. These people then in turn vote a certain way. But don't take my word for it, okay? It's not just my opinion. Matthew Iglesias, co-founder of Vox. I'm pretty sure he's a co-founder, but he's he's at Vox. He said, the reason anti-immigrant movements are on the rise almost everywhere is that almost everyone is at or near all-time highs in the foreign-born population share. He said, I don't care for these parties, their leaders, or their take on immigration, but it would be truly odd to have such a large shift in the underlying situation without anyone complaining. Well, strangely, this sounds like Matthew Iglesias pushing this weird fringe, Great Replacement conspiracy theory. Now, I don't know, like I got into an argument, I guess, I guess you can call an argument with, with um, uh, an Antifa guy, Mike Stutchberry, because I, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I'm like, what's the conspiracy theory? Because as Matthew Iglesias correctly points out, a lot of these countries are at all time highs. He said, he said, he says almost everywhere for foreign born population. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. If Matthew Iglesias is pushing it, right? Am I wrong? So I don't know what the conspiracy theory is supposed to be. Apparently it's like the elites are orchestrating on a purpose to like end white people or something. That sounds crazy, but it is true. Matthew Glazes isn't wrong. He does point out, however, that most people are OK with immigration. But the point is, he's right. It would be odd to have, to have such a large shift in the underlying situation without anyone complaining. And they are. Because most of these countries are majority white, you are going to see people saying like, hey, they're, they're going to say that Italy is for Italians and that France is for the French. And that's fine, right? I'm not, I'm not here to tell them what they what they should. I actually think we need strong borders. And I think the EU could have been a great thing that actually helped refugees and did good if they actually implemented stronger border controls, which they didn't do. And now it's falling apart because here's the thing. You see these videos of people coming up on boats in Italy. You see, You hear about what's happening with these NGO ships in Italy. What happens? The people say the EU can't do it. Italy needs to secure its borders. They go nationalist and then the EU gets hit with trouble. But don't get me wrong, the EU's got a ton of other problems. So ultimately, I'm not surprised we're seeing nationalism. But also keep in mind, I know it's not like a perfectly apt, um, uh, it's not like a mirror image. In the US, US nationalists are about the United States. We're not seeing like statist, you know, people who are like, you know, go Illinois, woo, just Illinois borders. No, it's like um, the United States, the Union. Is the country, and they want to pr- protect the borders of the entire union. Europe could function in a very similar way. Unfortunately, they're trying to bring more m- migrants in for whatever reason. Uh, when I was in Sweden, they had on their website the Swedish government saying that they needed migrants because there weren't they, the population was was shrinking, and the economy was going to shrink with it. I'm not sure that's entirely a bad thing. I guess if you're competing with China, Brazil, India, etc., it, it probably is. So that's not a conspiracy theory. Um, that was actually on the Swedish government's website. But check this out. So there's a couple of really interesting points that I want to bring up. For one, here we have a graph. that says how Leave and Remain votes split. The Remain vote, this is interesting, is higher than the Leave. And this is something that's being pushed around by a lot. It was pushed by the BBC. But, but journalists are actually pushing back, saying, wait a minute. If you add the, the conservatives to Leave, which they should be, then you will see that Leave does surpass Remain, it would be absurd to assume that remain is higher. It, that's, that's absurd, especially considering the strength of the Brexit party. So what you're going to start seeing now as the machine tries to protect itself is they're going to claim it's the minority. It's not real. Listen, I'm sorry. Look, maybe. OK, I'll, let's go with this. Labor and conservative, whatever. We'll leave them out of it. I have no idea why they're not included in leave and remain as, as if the labor and the conservatives don't don't have an opinion on leave and remain is ridiculous. But let's let's think about this right-wing nationalists are making huge gains. Marine Le Pen Pen is apparently the biggest party now in France for European share or whatever. That's my understanding. I could be wrong. Again, not an expert on European politics, but it's not a fluke. When Brexit happens and the the Brexit party was was launched like six weeks ago and it dominated the vote in the UK. That's crazy. That's seriously crazy. The people are going to be like, the only thing I care about is Brexit, not these other parties. You saw Trump, right? Trump's Trump's approval, Trump's uh, everything is up, 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 up. Uh, it's not the highest I've ever been. The polls are showing that he's floating around like, you know, like 43 or 44 percent approval rating. But in terms uh, there's a recent poll from CBS News saying that 70 percent of the people in this country view the economy is doing well and they're giving credit to Trump for doing it. It's not a fluke. The media is wrong. They keep saying, no, no, it's the minority. I, I don't know about that. Check this out. This is a graph from Politico. Euroskeptic performance. I love how they call it Euroskeptic instead of just saying nationalist cuz like what does that mean Euroskeptic? They don't like the they don't like the the European Union, sure, but they're mostly talking about protecting their borders. We can see that there has been a big increase, especially from 2014. Not everywhere, some countries have gone down, but definitely you can see 2019 huge increases in the percentage. So, um I think it's fair to point out as much as a lot of people are acting like it's fringe It's far right. Okay, let's talk about what far right means. They're calling Marine Le Pen far right. Um, I'm pretty sure Marine Le Pen is now like the biggest party. Is that far right or is that like just right wing? The point I'm trying to make is if they are the biggest, if this is the mainstream, then how do you call it far from anything? If the center is the gauge, I guess you could say fine. If you have the far left and the far right and the center, there's there's still going to be a center with nobody in it. But I guess then, yeah, everyone's far left and far right. There is one more thing I want to bring up, which is really, really, really fascinating. Check this out. European elections, Catalan controversy, exiled and jailed Spanish politicians win seats. So for those that aren't familiar, in Catalonia, they're, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a a province, a state of, of Spain, and they want independence. At least many of them do. Not everybody. But this, this dude, um, apparently Puigdemont, uh, Catalan separatist leader, uh, Car, uh, Carles Puigdemont. i do not want to say his first name, and Oriol Junqueras both claimed victories in the European elections, but huge question marks remain over whether they will actually be allowed to become EU lawmakers. That's crazy. The dudes in self-imposed exile, apparently, he, uh, jailed and exiled. This is how crazy the nationalism has gotten. Catalonia has been pretty self-determined. Like they, they want, the, they want to be their own country for a long time. Uh, but now it's not even about Spain. It's not even about Italy or the UK. Even Catalonia elected people to MEP, separatists, which is not surprising. It seems like the union is collapsing. But but ultimately, I think this is um, it's really just a symptom of a breakdown in social cohesion. Honestly, you know, you look at TV, you look at media, you look at the Internet. There's a clip, OK, from Captain Marvel. It's not it's just just bear with me. And she grabs a guy who's like catcalling her or something. So she electrocutes his hand using her superpowers. He drops to his knees. She basically says, I'll let you keep your hand if you give me your jacket and your motorcycle. And I'm like, wow, that's a villain. That's like villainous behavior. Someone for personal gain, injuring and threatening to maim someone. That's what a villain would do, not a superhero. Okay. Captain Marvel being a superhero. The reason I bring this up is that I tweeted about this and I got inundated with these weird like gamer feminists who are justifying it, saying that's justice. And that to me said something because I'm like, how do I respond to these people? Right. How do you respond to these people who think retribution over a slight is justice? Think about what would happen when these people get power. They're going to be like, you were mean to me. Therefore, I will sever your hand. That's justice. That's terrifying. What I'm really seeing is that they don't actually care about whether or not Captain Marvel was doing good or bad, they view the man as inherently evil. Therefore, he must be punished. And this is a representation of how people view the world. I grew up watching superheroes do selfless things. With great power comes great responsibility, refusing to act for uh, selfish reasons. You look at most of the other heroes in the MCU. I I get all these people saying things like, um, you know, what about all these other superheroes? I don't I I don't want to prattle on the idea of superheroes when we're talking about nationalism in Europe. But the point I'm trying to make is, the view of what is right and just has fractured to a ridiculous degree, and I think this is one of the reasons we are seeing the Green Party, the Greens, the far left, and the far right. I, I hate to call either of them far left or far right because being an environmentalist doesn't make you far left, and being a nationalist doesn't make you far right. But sure, that's how it's being framed, which is I don't think is necessarily fair. But you're getting you know further left policy and further right policy, and I think it's a representation of how. Look, if you're a nationalist, you believe that you need a a, a, you need borders. I wouldn't call myself necessarily a nationalist because I I actually believe we need to work towards international cooperation. I'm rather centrist on the issue, as you can you can suspect. But I think it's important to point out you need to control your borders. Otherwise, everything falls apart. You get stripped of resources. Not a good thing. But you have these 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 two growing factions that view each other as inherently evil that's, that's it. I mean, look, Notch, the Minecraft developer guy, he said the left is evil. I don't think the left is evil. I think they've, they're, they're being taken over by evil individuals. And I think the truth that I, I absolutely think there are people on the right who are evil and they're gaining power and prominence, but I don't believe, I believe the mainstream left, what we're seeing with them is they're kind of passive, But but I'll tell you one more thing. I'll tell you one more thing. The craziest thing has been happening on Facebook. Now, I don't really use Facebook that much anymore, but this kind of shocked me. There are some people I know who are just run-of-the-mill gamer types. I talk about my friends uh, every so often on this channel, my friends who know nothing about anything. They don't know who Buttigieg is. They don't know who who Kavanaugh is. They know nothing about politics. And the craziest thing happened. Someone I know was posting about, you know, being a moderate and being a centrist, someone who's not political. And I was like, Wow. You know, why, why are my not political friends finally talking about politics now? And all of the comments were saying like the left has gone crazy. And I was like, wow, that, that freaks me out. Okay. No, seriously, it does freak me out when my friends who are just gamers who play like division and stuff and don't pay attention to the stuff are now saying the left has gone crazy. Maybe that's why notch, you know, not just the guy who made Minecraft for the, for those that don't know, Minecraft, one of the biggest games ever, he said the left was evil several times. Maybe when you start to see that regular apolitical people view the left as evil, something crazy is happening. And I, and, and what's, what's crazy to me is that my friends who are saying this always consider themselves to be on the left. I think I'm ahead of the market on most things. I'm in front of these trends. Okay. I was using mobile and live stream before everybody else. I was one of the first people to use Google glass. It was fun and silly, but I'm, I'm regularly doing things before everyone else. For whatever reason, I have no idea. Okay. I was actually, uh, a, a journalism professor said Tim Poole has the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market, makes it hard to earn money and, and, and convince businesses to adopt technologies and things like this. But it's true. I was always uh, a liberal. I was always somebody on the left. And then I saw this craziness happening. Now there's a lot of people who say that like, oh, so-and-so has been red pilled or something like that. Right. That's not the case. Okay. There are people on the left who say, like, look at so-and-so get radicalized. Here's the thing. In 2013, 2014 with Gamergate, which I know very little about, was not involved in in any capacity, it was one issue affecting one industry. And you could see it seeping onto other industries. But eventually, it it hit every aspect. And now we're seeing people lose their jobs. So here's the thing. It's not about people being red-pilled. It's not like all of a sudden people realize the problem exists. It's that the problem is spreading. To the mainstream. If you're a gamer and you notice these problems in your community, well, that's because it's your community. It doesn't mean the problem is that big or widespread, but then it impacts guardians of the galaxy three, which got canceled and suspended. And then they brought James Gunn back Kevin Hart in the Oscars. It's impacting ma- the mainstream world. And now regular people are being impacted by this and freaking out. So I'll, I'll, I'll end with this final thought. When my friends, Okay, who are not political are saying the left is evil, and I'm I'm this is I'm I'm being dead serious. Okay, they're saying like okay, so not just saying left is evil. My friends didn't go that far. They were saying like the left is going crazy. They view everyone as like fringe and, and insane. And I'm like, this is a dude who who like six months ago couldn't tell me who Brett Kavanaugh was, right? With at the at the peak of like all of this shenanigans, I have no idea what you're talking about, man, because I just play video games. But now they're like, what is happening? They're not hardcore gamers, but I'll tell you what some of the big issues are. When stores, comic shops get their license, their, their, their licenses removed because they had a kek flag. There was one shop. It was like a magic, the gathering, you know, shop. I'll tell you what, man, skateboarders have been hitting me up. This is the craziest thing. If there is any group of people that cares nothing for politics, it's skateboarders. Okay. I, I, I mean that skateboarders just want to do their thing and be left alone. And after the Joe Rogan podcast, I got hit up by several pro skateboarders being like, dude, you're awesome. I got emails from some of the biggest pros in the world being like, this is so crazy. I can't believe stuff's happening. And I'm like, damn, dude, I've been a skateboarder my whole life. I know how disinterested skateboarders are in everything. I have friends who are 30 years old, who who work like minimum wage jobs at supermarkets and live in a studio apartment with three other dudes just so they can keep skating. And I'm like, man, these are people who never grew up. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking about politics because it's impacting them. Skateboarding is, man, there was a pro skateboarder who made comments about women in skating and he got in trouble and it was crazy. So here's the point I'm trying to make, cause this is a long video. The point I'm trying to make is when my skateboarder friends, when my normie video game friends are talking about these issues, I think it's going to get w- way, 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 way worse. But ultimately I think it's going to be the right wing nationalists who win for one reason, whatever is going on with the left, the people who are the loudest are nuts. OK, and that's the point I was making about Captain Marvel. They're messaging me saying crazy things. And I'm like, what do you? I didn't say I, it's nuts. They're talking like it's just they've gone crazy. They have. And there are people like me who have always been, you know, visibly and knowledgeably on the left, aligning with Democrats now being like this has gone too far. And my friends who normally just say blue, they, 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 they go to the voting booth. They check blue if they even bother voting are now saying they're nuts. So anyway, I'll leave it there. Man, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, my prediction is that there's going to be conflict. It's going to get bad. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks for hanging out. Stick around. More segments to come. And I will see you in a few minutes in the next segment. For for those on YouTube, it'll be at 1 p.m. And adios. My general understanding of this story is that a shareholder went to a Chase Bank shareholders meeting and questioned the CEO, Jamie Dimon, over whether or not they were banning conservatives. Unfortunately, the story doesn't actually explain who he was talking to or what he was doing. Apparently, he brought a copy of 1984. They say he gave it to an employee. Jamie Dimon responded. So here's what I can assume: at a shareholders meeting, a shareholder questioned Jamie Dimon, who did not deny flatly that they will ban that they won't ban conservatives in the future. Now, apparently, he's claiming they didn't ban conservatives from their banks for the for political reasons. I'm going to call BS on this, and I'm going to go into my opinion on what's happening and how they get away with this stuff and they lie about it. So this is the story from the New York Post. J.P. Morgan Chase accused of purging accounts of conservative activists. Now, let me just give a disclosure why I'm talking about this. Do we see Chase removing liberals? Not that we're hearing, okay? If they are, they're not speaking up. Banks should not be removing people for their politics that is nightmarishly dystopian. Hence, one of the shareholders gave a copy of 1984 to an employee or something. So before we get started, check out timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. Monthly donation option, cryptocurrency, a physical address. I do rely on all of your support, especially in the summer months when viewership is down. But if you like, comment, and share the video, that engagement really, really helps. YouTube then promotes it more. So uh, also subscribe if you haven't and, and and you like the content. But let's read the story. They say, conservative activists are calling out America's largest financial institution, charging they are being targeted. Now, I have a few problems with this article. For one, this is old news. I'm I'm trying to figure out if this is a new story or not. Apparently, it was a shareholder who spoke up. J.P. Morgan chases under fire for closing the bank accounts of several customers in the conservative movement, as other right-wingers are threatening to close their accounts unless the bank plays nice. Quote, if Jamie Dimon can't absolutely guarantee that Chase Bank won't ever discriminate against conservatives... Conservatives should consider banking elsewhere, warned David Almasi, a vice president of the conservative-leaning National Center for Public Policy Research, referring to their CEO. They say, J.P. Morgan first landed in hot water soon after conservative activists Enrique Tarrio, Joe Biggs, Laura Loomer, and Martina Marcota discovered their accounts at Chase were closed within weeks of each other earlier this year and without satisfactory explanations, they claim. Tario is a Trump supporter and head of the Proud Boys organization, Several Chase managers could not give him a satisfactory reason for the account's closure. One even called the closing mind-boggling. Last week's shareholders meeting reminded Almasi of George Orwell's 1984. Almasi delivered a copy of the dystopian futuristic novel to a J.P. Morgan Chase employee to present to Diamond. That was to underline his view that the current debanking and deplatforming of conservatives by American businesses, from J.P. Morgan to social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter, is akin to how political adversaries had their identities crushed in Orwell's searing book. So I'll just I'll just say this: the 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 the, the populists, the nationalists, the right wing nationalists have gotten major victories across Europe. Okay, they were expected to win more. Apparently, they didn't reach the expectations, but they did tremendously well from Poland, France, Italy, and the UK. Right wing nationalists are are winning and dominating across the board. We're all seeing the far left rise. But the point is expect more censorship. Absolutely expect more. The centrist, I I, I hate to call it centrist because they're just the corporate mainstream, you know, soulless types who run these big enterprises and don't care for the little guy. That's not necessarily centrism. It's just the mainstream corporate politicians. They're losing their power. Okay, so they are going to pull out all the stops to try and stop their political opponents. But more importantly, these big tech companies are kind of far left. So it's even worse than that. They say, Omasi and other critics fear the recent account closures by J.P. Morgan may be part of a larger purge by the bank, not yet public, of all other accounts affiliated with right-leaning causes. And he said Diamond has only muddied the waters after assuring him the bank is not currently closing accounts for political reasons, but falling short of flat-out blanket denial. I was able to tell him that we have circumstantial evidence that people have lost their bank accounts, he told The Post, recalling how he questioned Diamond at the shareholders meeting held in Chicago last week when he asked whether Chase had debanked conservatives and will not wield his power against conservatives in the future. Almasi, representing his group's free enterprise project, said Diamond assured him the bank had not pulled any more customer accounts anymore, but he stopped short of saying it won't do it in the future. And while there's no immediate evidence of a hidden blacklist, Almasy frets that conservatives like him who bank with Chase could be targeted. I'll say this, man. If you bank with Chase and you haven't already gotten the GTFO, you're nuts. The same is true for Patreon and other platforms. So look, I still have a Patreon account. I just don't use it anymore. If people want to sign up and put money through it, I'm not doing anything for political reasons. I'm not going to shut down my Patreon account for political reasons. I don't have a Chase account. But if I did, I wouldn't shut it down for political reasons. None of this is emotional for me. I know there's a lot of people who are like, Patreon should should you know face justice for what they did to these people they banned. I don't care about that. Maybe that's up to you. If you think they they, 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 they wronged, you know, Sargon and, and other people, fine. The point is, if you have a bank account with Chase and you get some kind of bad press, as we've seen random nobodies get get attacked on Twitter all day and night, innocent people being accused of racism, how long until Chase shuts your bank account down? These people who got shut down are the they're, they're canaries in a coal mine, okay? They're the first the first wave of people to get banned. But if you watch the Canaries, you know, gag out and suffocate and you're sitting there like, yeah, I'm bigger so I can survive the carbon monoxide. You're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. I'm assuming it's carbon monoxide. I don't actually know, Um, but I think that's what kills the Canaries. The point is, if Chase is willing to do this, if Patreon is willing to do this, how long until they do it to you? Are you going to sit and wait to find out that your bank account has been shut down? To me, that is absolutely insanity. That is that is insanity get your money out and get it somewhere safe, somewhere that respects their customers. The people who got banned weren't given, they weren't given reasons for it. So think about it. You might be out. Imagine this. You're out with family at a restaurant. You pull out your Chase debit card. Uh, let, let, let me pay for dinner for the family. It's Memorial Day. Maybe you're having dinner. And they come back and say, your card's been declined. Declined? It's a debit card. You get a notification on your bank. Your account, you can't load it anymore. Where's your money? You know what they do? They mail you a certified check later on. So now your money's basically tied up until you get the check in the mail. They're not going to steal your money. But in some instances, I believe it was Laura Loomer had account frozen, straight up frozen. Regardless, if they shut your account down and then say, we'll mail you a check, your money's locked up. That is, you, you, It would be insane. It, you, uh, you get, I, I can't believe people are still with Chase at all. I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a run on Chase at this point. That's freaky, man a lot of people think it won't happen to me. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, it will. He says, if you notice, Diamond kind of skirted that issue of whether they would do it or not, said David E. Johnson, CEO of Strategic Vision PR Group, a public relations and branding agency that advises companies on how to handle, handle social messaging. Diamond was not at all clear. And if he opens up for any reason by doing that, then it becomes a major story diamond using acronyms for law deployed by banks to stop crooks told Al Masi at the shareholders meeting very directly. We do not. And we have not, and do not debank people because of their political views. We have not and do not. And we debank people because they're DSA, AML, KYC, or unable to meet regulation, regulatory type of requirements for them. JP Morgan didn't respond to a request for comment. I'll tell you what they do. Let's talk about what JP Morgan does. In my opinion, they absolutely removed these people for their political affiliation. But it's complicated. JP Morgan can legitimately deny it. They weren't removed because of their politics. They were removed because of the bad press, the negative impact on the potential negative impact on their share prices. And they said, these guys are getting bad press. Just get rid of them. Who cares? Think about that. The bottom line, the, the shareholder's price is more important than you as a customer. And that should be alarming. Because think about what that means for the stock in the long term. If Chase is willing to get rid of a series of people nearly back to back, all these people getting wiped out near the, around the same time, come on, that can't be an accident. And, and with, for no reason, that can't be an accident. If it was a legitimate reason, they'd say, for these reasons, we're suspending you. None. In my opinion, what happened was bad press emerged. Their market, their, you know, PR people were in the company said, look, this is going to be bad. It's going to, stock price is going to fall. We're going to get accused of all these things. Okay. What can we do? We'll just get rid of them. It's, it's four people. Just get rid of them. What's easier? Chase doing actual research, standing up for their customers, or saying, we do not want bad press. And that's why Facebook bans people. They're scared of bad PR. They will ban you at a moment's notice. Maybe you made a joke on Twitter. Maybe you didn't realize, but you were out minding your own business, and someone secretly recorded you getting into an argument, pulled it out of context, and now you're being smeared by every major media outlet because of a smirk you had on your face like a certain teenager we all know, Covington. Maybe that happens. Maybe you're accused of being the worst of the worst. And then people start saying, this guy is banking with Chase. And Chase says, we do not bank with these people. Gone. Bank account locked. Like, it, what's really crazy too is beyond just you know, locking out of your money, think about people and how they use banks. Maybe you've got a mortgage. Think about that. Maybe you have a loan through Chase. Maybe you have automated automated payments going through Chase, and one day it's you got you got to pay the mortgage or you got to pay rent, and Chase freezes your account. Your landlord says, "Where's my money? It never came through." I had on auto pay all of your bills. God, that's the annoying part too. You can think about the actual ramifications of having your account shut down, but think about all of the automa- automatic stuff you have: your phone bill, your electric bill, your rent, whatever. All of a sudden, now all just up in the air, and you got to log in, you got to figure everything out, you got to go through it. That's the annoying part but what gets scary is maybe you miss rent one too many times. And that final time Chase shuts your account down. Now you're getting evicted. And when you try to explain to your landlord or to the bank, no, 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 no. It's because Chase shut my account down. They'll say, I don't care. It's not my business. Why did they shut your account down? Sounds like a personal problem that I I can't believe anybody would still want to be with Chase at this point, but but I'll, I'll end by saying this really, really interesting that a shareholder has, has, was standing up to, to Jamie Dimon, We'll see if this comes to anything, but I got to say, you know, I said it a million times, regardless of what Jamie Diamond says, regardless of who does what, I think you'd be nuts to be with Chase at this point. Anyway, I'll wrap it up there. Stick around. More segments to come shortly. I will see you all in the next bit. 4chan has a new troll campaign to turn the hashtag into a symbol of a fringe group of people typically associated with World War 2 Germany. If you know what I mean, YouTube doesn't let me say say certain things, so I can't. But here's a story from the Daily Dot. 4chan's new troll campaign. And you have to you have to wonder, why is the media writing about this? Why did so many outlets write about the OK hand gesture? It's really simple. Now, a lot of people say the media is taking the bait from 4chan that that it's a hoax. Sure, that's technically true, but I think the media knows what they're doing and they do it on purpose, mostly because one They need to generate outrage to make money, that we know, but also it benefits them politically. Everybody knows the OK symbol is a hoax. But what the activists and the activists at these news organizations claim is that, well, it is a hoax, but those people still use it. Therefore, it isn't a hoax. That's their argument. And they're going to do the same thing with the hashtag symbol. They're going to give it up on purpose to make it seem like the fringe far right is a real threat when they aren't. And I have stories to back it up today. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get started, check out TimCast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there is a monthly donation option, a cryptocurrency option, a physical address, or you can just share this video, like the video and comment below because the engagement really, really helps. But anyway, let's get back to the story. They say members of the notorious internet forum 4chan have proposed a new troll campaign aimed at converting the hashtag into a fringe symbol. In a post on the poll, Politically Incorrect Message Board, an anonymous user calls on his fellow forum frequenters to begin creating propaganda that incorporates the commonly used pound sign. We must start using the pound sign to represent a fringe symbol on memes and social media, the user states. I'm also paraphrasing certain words because unfortunately, YouTube will derank the video based on the words used in it. I'm sorry, that's just the way the future is now. Yeah, uh, and I'll address this really quick. People have said, Tim, Stop, you know, using uh, uh, innuendo for certain phrases. And what, what people don't seem to realize is that YouTube actually censors outright. Like, they will stop you from being able to see the video. They derank it and downgrade it. So, I'll, I'll, I'll settle with the best I can do to make sure this video is seen by people, right? The far right campaign, dubbed Bash the Hash, a play on the Antifa term Bash the Fash, aims to remove the ability of sites like Twitter to use the popular symbol. It will be a perfect win win situation. Either Twitter will have to accept the blatant fri- fringe ideology on its forums, or it will effectively have to find a way to get rid of the site's core mechanics. Bash the Hash will also force corporations to stop putting hashtags on every effing ad ever. Excuse me. Although the idea was met with mixed reviews, a slew of campaign posters and memes began circulating on Twitter. The posts were purported to originate from sources such as Antifa a far left collective known for using direct action against far right groups. But I'll, but I'll correct that real quick. They used they use a um, direct physical conflict against people they don't like, not fringe far right groups. That's that's incorrect. Now, what we ha- what we can see here in the Daily story is apparently there are many Twitter accounts claiming to be Antifa, but are actually pushing the propaganda. So you can only assume they're actually trolls. What they're doing is they're showing various reasons why the hashtag is a, is a symbol of a fringe ideology, because when you split the pound sign down the middle horizontally, you get HH, and everyone knows what HH stands for. They also claim there's eight gaps and eight protrusions, which stands for 8-8, eight, eight, which is another, you know, fringe reference to the leader of, not, uh, of the World War II Germany. The story goes on to talk about other troll campaigns. And then brings up the OK hand gesture. Why did the media and why did left-wing activists rush to claim the OK hand gesture was actually legitimate? Because it's good news for them. We have a couple stories here. First, from a couple weeks ago, the BBC actually asked, when is the OK gesture not OK? Because they have a photo of Marine Le Pen making the OK hand sign with one of her supporters. They say, France's Marine Le Pen on the far, uh, of the far right national rally is the latest politician to find themselves in hot water for signaling that everything is okay. Why? Everybody knows it's a hoax. The okay sign was originally being used by Trump supporters because Trump makes that hand gesture when he's talking. He still does. So essentially people started to figure out, Hey, let's just claim that it means something else. And the media went with it because the media wants you to believe that there are more fringe far right than there really are. And don't take my word for it. Let's talk about Vox. Now, on August 10th, 2018, Vox wrote this story. Study. 11 million white Americans think like the alt-right. What does that mean? They think like the alt-right. Well, you can think like a lot of people. I mean, I like dogs. Do they like dogs? Are you going to then claim claim that we're thinking alike? What Vox is doing here is trying to scare people into believing that the the alt-right in these fringe groups are much bigger than they really are. Because in reality, they're not. They aren't. And we have proof. In Dayton, the city spent $650,000 because there was going to be a Klan rally. But guess what? If you watch my second channel, you already know this one. But only nine people showed up. Between 500 and 600 protesters came to protest them. Why did hundreds of protesters come out to protest against nine people? because of the media, because the media wants you to believe there are more of these people than there really are. They want you to believe that when 4chan makes a hoax, it's legitimate. It's real. They say, well, look, even though it's a hoax, people are doing it. It must be true. And then you get the insanity, the absolute insanity. First, can I just point out, it's, a, it's extremely insane that a city would spend, spend $650,000 on security for an event where only nine people showed up. Maybe it would have been 20. But these rallies around the country, they usually, they usually only have double-digit numbers, like low, like 10 to 20 people. That's why, that's why you don't see me or any, uh, anyone I work with going to cover these things, for the most part. Sometimes we do. Because we know no one shows up. We know the media is pushing this on purpose. In this story from the Chicago Tribune, following discovery of circle game photos, which is the OK hand gesture... Uh, a high school is going to pay uh, Oak Park River Forest High School paid $53,000 to reprint their yearbooks because there were photos of people making the OK hand gesture. This is the absurdity and the insanity that results in a media trying to scare you. And again, there are a couple reasons. First, they need to jump up outrage. I think, you know, the Daily Dot, they've got to fill gaps. they got to fill time. they got to write articles. So they do. So they absolutely look at uh, what is it like? How many posts were made on 4chan about this? Seriously, three or four. So three or four people go on 4chan, claim it's happening, and then you get news outlets talking about it. In turn, you get people like me talking about it. Congratulations. It's that easy. It worked. Now the activists are going to point to it and say, there it goes. It's true. It's a fact. Everyone's talking about it because they want to. There's a reason for it outside of uh, generating rage and making money. In Europe, we are seeing right-wing nationalists sweep. Well, these the far left wants you to believe that these people are all dangerous fascists. They're all the worst of the worst. They use hyperbole, extreme exaggerations. They talk about the most ridiculous ideas that don't make sense. OK, these people are right-wing nationalists, but they're certainly not the extreme worst of the worst. No, they are not the alt-right and things like that. They need you to believe they are, though. And and in order in order to do that, they need a boogeyman. They need a villain. So you'll see articles like this. Eleven million people in America think like the alt-right white Americans. I'm sorry. Then they can convince you that Donald Trump is being supported by these people. And this is this is the, the new resurgence. Alyssa Milano tweeting, I don't recognize my country anymore or something like that. When only nine who uh, was tweeting about this Dayton rally where only nine people showed up, they need you to believe it's it's, it's that bad to scare you because they don't have any ideas to actually compete against the nationalists. I don't know if they're truly motivated by politics. I honestly don't. I think many of them are motivated by tribe. They just want to win. But they don't like the idea of border security. They don't like the idea of national sovereignty. And I'm not saying I'm here to support those ideas. I'm saying if you disagree with them, present your arguments. Instead, they call everyone names. They go ad hominem. And then they use these hoaxes from 4chan to try and create the illusion that the, th- that the threat is bigger than it really is. Let me show you what we're actually looking at. In this chart from Quartz that I've shown time and time again, we can see that conservatives, while they while the Republican Party has moved over, to, uh, the median has moved over a little bit, just uh, like it looks like 0. 0.1, uh, maybe like 10 percent, the furthest right Republicans have actually moved closer to the center. So take it for what it is. But when you look at the left, you can see the far left has actually started taking over. They started expanding rapidly. The Democrats have shifted far to the far left. How do you stop people from being worried about a dramatic shift like this? Deflect. Deflect. So when you look at Congress and you can see that there is a growing far left wing in the party, and it's it's, it's apparent to anybody watching politics, how do you stop people from saying, hey— the actual problem here is the far left moving into the into uh, on the Democrat side and ousting long uh, you know uh, uh, the actual Democrats, actual moderates, and left wing individuals for the far left. All you have to do is distract them with a the threat of the far far right by allowing these hoax symbols to become more prominent than they should be. In the end, I think the Daily Dot just did this because it was bait. They knew it was bait. It's a game. A lot of people say the media took the bait. Sure. But they they don't care. They want to. They want me to talk about it. They want people to share it. They want the activists to drum drum up outrage, to share it so it gets more shares and more clicks, and it benefits and obfuscates what's actually happening. Is there a growing number of fringe far right? The answer, in my opinion, is no. It's possible there may be more people now than in the past couple of years or so, but it's certainly not 11 million people like Vox would have you believe. Only nine people show up. The real thing that concerns me is when we look at chart after chart after chart showing the Democrats are going further and further left and they're adopting a a regressive anti-science ideology. So let me put it this way. Is the threat of violence worrisome? Absolutely. We should absolutely be concerned about any violent individuals and we should do what we can with, you know, we have law enforcement to stop these, these, these fringe weirdos from committing these acts 100%. But outside of that, we have to look at the fabric of our society what's happening to our government? And how is that going to impact our institutions? How is it going to impact our lives? Am I concerned that sometimes people commit crimes? Somewhat. But I'm not going to go and and, and wiggle my arms in the air and and, and claim there's 11 million people running around who are threatening our lives. That's what the activists do. But you don't have to worry about that. It It is few people, few and far between, who are doing the worst of the worst. In terms of politics, we are seeing a dramatic shift in the left to adopt more radical ideology that will, that will, that will change the fabric of our society and affect everyone in this country. It's not the same thing as direct, you know, causing direct harm to an individual, but it is going to cause harm to individuals in the long term. And it's very, very worrisome in my opinion. For the most part, I'm not super concerned about whether or not we're going to implement a new healthcare policy. I'm concerned about the regressive racist ideology perpetrated by these people. You want to talk about white Americans thinking like the alt right? What about the, the the regressive left, identitarian left, who holds similar views just in in, in a different direction? It is a similar identity based ideology that seeks to impose rules on people for things they can't change. And they're growing, and they're getting elected, and they're displacing the regular leftists, the old school leftists in this country, and they're hiding it all by claiming that that these things are real threats when they are not. So I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. These things get me frustrated, you can tell. I sort of get angry and angry as time goes on. But uh, you can follow me on Minds at TimCast. Stay tuned. I'll have new videos uh, coming up, more videos coming up on my second channel, youtube.com slash timcastnews. For those listening to the podcast, stick around. The next segment will be starting shortly and I will see you then. BuzzFeed published a beautiful, beautiful story. I'm, I'm being facetious. Where they allege that a, a fringe ultra right World War II era uh, um, faction guy, if you know what I mean, starts with an N A Z I. Yes, I can't say these things on YouTube. Forgive me. I understand a lot of people don't like how I have to use, you know, this kind of like innuendo. I don't know if innuendo is the right word, but euphemisms for what these people are. But trust me when I say that I have done the algorithmic, like, I've looked at it, the algorithm. Uh, I've looked at how certain videos are weighed. And when I say these words, strangely, just the word itself, viewership goes way down. It's a fact. But anyway, here's the point. BuzzFeed claims this dude was radicalized in part by Ben Shapiro. Interestingly, this might not be true. It's really really strange. So here's what happens. BuzzFeed tweets this, and they say that this dude was reading Identity Europa and Breitbart and stuff. But they also say that he told federal agents he was reading Ben Shapiro. Well, Mike Cernovich contests this. Mike Cernovich says that he actually read through his testimony, and it turns out Dub never said it. It actually came from, this is is according to Cernovich. So if you don't trust him, by all means, don't trust him. But he's got some screenshots. It might not be completely true. I'm not going to sit here and act like Cernovich is a bastion of of facts or anything. Like, you know, take it for what it is. It's not coming from a news organization. But Cernovich is making the accusation that he's read through this stuff, and there's a much bigger story that BuzzFeed skipped out on. Basically, according to Mike, in the transcripts, it turns out there is a foreign agent funding and radicalizing the student America. And BuzzFeed apparently skipped over that part of the story and chose to smear Ben Shapiro instead. OK, so let's let's take a look at the story from BuzzFeed. Before we get started, though, go to TimCast.com donate. If you'd like to support my work, there is a monthly donation option, cryptocurrency options, a physical address, or you can just like, comment and share because engagement really helps the video. So let's 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 first I'll do this for for, for Ben's sake. Before reading the the hit piece from BuzzFeed, Ben tweeted in response, yes, if there's one thing I'm known for as one of the most prominent Orthodox Jews, targets of the alt-right and critics of the alt-right, it's directing... N-A-Z-I-S, to attack synagogues. What garbage? So here's the thing. In the actual BuzzFeed article, it doesn't actually make the same claim as the uh, uh, as the tweet does. The tweet makes the claim that this guy said it was Ben Shapiro. Hmm, interesting that's not, in the, it's, that's not in the story. And apparently it would seem that to a certain extent, I can confirm some of what Cernovich is saying is true because the story makes reference to a statement filed by a private lawyer, meaning It seems like BuzzFeed had all the evidence in front of them and chose whoever tweeted this out. Did it wrong? Did it wrong? They BuzzFeed chose to smear Ben Shapiro. So here's the story. This guy apparently, you know, vandalized a synagogue or something and he's in serious trouble. They talk about how, you know, he's radicalized on the internet, things like this. I don't want to read too much into the story, but the only point at which they actually reference Ben Shapiro, comes from, it's, it's a quote from his girlfriend. So his girlfriend said that, according to Nolan, uh, I'm sorry, this is from the lawyer, apparently. According to Nolan, she began with right-wing mainstream views such as those presented on Fox News. She then moved on to the writing by Ben Shapiro and articles on Breitbart News, which bridged the gap into et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So BuzzFeed doesn't actually say the same thing. So it's, it does seem like a total smear. Here's the interesting thing. The Daily Caller wrote up the criticism. This is, I find this fascinating. BuzzFeed News faces blowback for claim that Benjamin, Ben Shapiro radicalized uh, the, the neo-NAZI guy. Here's the thing. One of the critics is actually a writer from for Vox, Vox of all places, who said, a reminder that these types trying to get a lesser sentence might lie about he was, how he was radicalized as these people I'll just say, are prone to do. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing what she said because YouTube is going to punish me if I talk too much about certain issues. But if a writer from Vox can, can point out that these people are lying scumbags, why would BuzzFeed uncritically report this nonsense smearing Ben Shapiro? So here's what I got from it. It's actually really funny. I'm going to say this controversial opinion. I believe it is, it is entirely likely and true that this guy, this vandal, fringe far-right vandal, was radicalized thanks in part to Ben Shapiro. Yes, but not in the way most people think. When I read the story from BuzzFeed News, where they said reading Ben Shapiro radicalized him, I didn't immediately assume the guy agreed with Ben Shapiro. I immediately assumed he hated Ben Shapiro. Okay, you see what I'm saying? The Anti-Defamation League said that Ben Shapiro was the number one target of of anti-Semitism among journalists. So we know these people don't like him. What that says to me is the dude was reading Ben Shapiro and getting angry and disagreed with him. And that's what made like it radicalized him. The fact that Ben Shapiro was right about these things and this guy didn't like it and didn't agree and, and hated Ben Shapiro. It's really interesting that the immediate assumption everyone makes right and left. Is that if somebody reads Ben Shapiro and then goes nuts, it's that they like Ben Shapiro and agreed with him and that his ideas are somehow nuts instead of the the alternative that when you, someone who read Ben Shapiro might be like, no, this can't be true. It's wrong. I refuse to believe it and goes crazy. If these people hate Ben Shapiro so much, why would anyone assume anyone liked him? It's the weirdest damn thing. But let's talk about something really interesting that Mike brings up. Again, I've interviewed Cernovich a couple times. I'm not, uh, um, I'm not in a position to prove what he says is necessarily wrong or right, uh, and I'm not going to dig through everything he's doing in fact-checking. I just want to talk about what he's bringing up to make an interesting point. But I will stress he has, you know, done like, wh- wh- you know, in, in, a, in the movie he made Hoaxed, in which I, I am actually in it, he talks about presenting a fun house mirror where he would claim like Hillary Clinton was sick. And that's because they claimed Donald Trump was sick. And he was basically reflecting back at the left what they were doing to the right. With that being said, sure, Mike has said a lot of things that are controversial, incorrect. You know, so take that with a grain of salt. I'm not, you know, uh, and I will stress too. The reason I'm saying this is because you're going to get all sorts of people like there are people on the right who don't like, you know, Mike, there are people on the left who really don't like, they really, really don't like him. But it is true that Mike has broken some pretty big stories and with BuzzFeed. So he he gave some documents to BuzzFeed. It got some congressmen, you know, forced him to resign, something like that. So I don't want to act like, you know, I know enough to say he's right or wrong, but I want to point out what he's saying. So I'll give you that caveat. He says, there is no evidence to indicate that Nolan Brewer ever read Ben Shapiro and a search history of his computer turns up, uh, searches for World War II leader propaganda, if you know what I mean. The full case file for Nolan Brewer, who BuzzFeed is trying to tie Ben Shapiro, is full of anti-Semitism. I would. He said. He, would, he said I would upload case files. But would probably get banned. Anyhow, total smear job of Shapiro by by BuzzFeed here. Nolan Brewer was steered into committing uh, into doing this vandalism by someone located in Romania and Ukraine, a hotbed of, of French far right. Brewer was a hardcore anti-Semite. Did not mention Ben Shapiro in his interview with agents, and that detail was added in a sentencing memo by his lawyer. <clears throat> The sentencing memo filed by a private attorney mentions Ben Shapiro, the defendant's lawyer, blamed the girlfriend for radicalizing him. But BuzzFeed said Shapiro was mentioned to federal federal agents. That's not the case. And Mike highlights this tweet where they say he told federal agents that his road to to radicalization included Ben Shapiro. Not true. He says, do I care that BuzzFeed smeared Ben Shapiro by wrongly tying him to anti-Semitic crime? Of course not. He says, I find it funny given that Ben plays a hall monitor. But the truth matters. And BuzzFeed got the story wrong. Shapiro is innocent here. P.S. If BuzzFeed and the left want to blame Ben Shapiro for the, 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 the crime because a lawyer claimed his client's girlfriend read Shapiro once, let's talk about the SPLC. But let's not talk. I don't want to talk about the SPLC. I want to talk about the interesting thing that, that Mike brings up. He says the real bo- the, the BuzzFeed ben Shapiro bombshell. The guy's girlfriend read Shapiro once, according to a lawyer, not a federal agent. In the case of the SPLC, the, the guy said that he read SPLC. OK, I'm, I'm trying to skip over that stuff far more interesting than tying Ben Shapiro to this guy. The attacker had a handler in Ukraine or Romania. It's not completely clear. Foreign assets are in, a, are in Discord chats radicalizing American youth. But BuzzFeed chooses to smear Shapiro instead of focusing on this. He then links to these documents who talks about a guy in Europe. And he was telling us to do this, do that, try a park, et cetera, et cetera. He lives in Romania. He's from Romania. So this is really interesting because it's not just, um, it wasn't just BuzzFeed. What we see from this, when BuzzFeed chooses to smear Ben Shapiro, instead of actually going for the part of the story, foreign, foreign individuals targeting American youth, which is is really, really crazy. Splinter then runs with it. And here we have synagogue vandal says he was radicalized by Ben Shapiro. There you go. That's the cycle of fake news laundering. Well, that's not even what is said in the BuzzFeed article. Now, BuzzFeed did tweet it. But what happens? This writer, Sophie, Sophie Weiner, that, that's actually what it says, Sophie Weiner, um, a writer for Splinter, full disclosure, I used to work for Fusion, which has changed its name to Splinter, saw the tweet, and that was good enough. And they say, according to BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed didn't say that. BuzzFeed was quoting somebody, talking about his girlfriend, and that was just in their tweet. Fake news travels halfway around the world before the truth straps on its boots. But you know what? None of this matters. None of it matters at all. Look, it is really interesting how fake news travels like this and they're smearing Ben Shapiro. Don't get me wrong. That is important. But I'd like to stress, if you believe that this guy posting these symbols and spray painting them was radicalized by one of the most prominent Orthodox Jews in the country, maybe the world, I have got a bridge to sell you. Good job, BuzzFeed. Good job of fact checking because the story is insane from the get-go because even if the person actually said this, why the hell would you believe it? Do your jobs, journalists. Approach this stuff critically and challenge this stuff. My God. I got a couple more stories coming up for you in a few minutes. I will see you in the next segment. This has got to be one of the silliest segments I'll ever do, but I got to tell you, I accidentally got a bunch of social justice type woke left-wing people to literally root for fascism. It was an accident. And, and I brought up the fascism thing. Some people were like, oh, please stop with the fascism. No, 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 no. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do this. You may not, you may be familiar with the uh, video I made the other day about Captain Marvel. There's a lot of people saying, it's just the movie, Tim. Like, what? Who cares? I made a stupid, snarky comment on Twitter and everyone's getting all bent out of shape. Here's the thing. Joey Salads tweeted this clip. It's an extended uh, clip from um, Captain Marvel, the movie where this guy shows up to her and says, hey, babe, how about a smile? She th- he then pushes her map down and says, I'm, I'm helping you. How about you give me a smile? She says, how about a handshake? She shakes his hand, electrocutes him or something with her superpowers, drops him to his knees and then says, I will let you keep your hand if you give me your motorcycle and your jacket. Clearly villainous behavior. And I tweeted, whoa. I never saw this clip, but damn, Captain Marvel is a villain. She straight hurts and robs a dude because he was a jerk to her. That's a villain. What do you think happened? A bunch of funny things happened. Right now, I don't know if you can call this a ratio. I've got 3.7 thousand responses and 3 thousand retweets. A lot of people are responding in agreement with me, but a lot of people are arguing with me. I'm not going to go through all of the individual tweets, but there are a lot of funny ones that I want to talk about. For one, there's people who are like, well, you interviewed someone, Tim, but I don't want, we we don't got to talk about that. So here's, here's what's funny. And trust me when I say they've accidentally revealed how they are literally supporting fascism. And I will get to that. Someone posts this clip from Indiana Jones, where you've got the dude, you know, doing the sword thing. And then Indy just pulls out his gun and shoots him. And this guy, Don Moynihan said, whoa, Indiana Jones is a villain. Really? Don Moynihan, Indiana Jones is a villain. And you're saying it sarcastically, my response, the dude literally raids the the temples from indigenous lands and then steals their artifacts to bring back to his museum in, in London or whatever. Or I don't, I don't know, maybe he's in Boston. I don't know where he is. The point is, how can you simultaneously hold the views, at least on the left, that imperialism is bad and Indiana Jones, a white man going to foreign countries, raiding their ancient temples and stealing from them is heroic behavior. I'd like to point something out. Indiana Jones is a protagonist, a hero. Well, that's to be determined. Superheroes are a specific genre and have certain characteristics. And that's what we're going to talk about. The point I'm making is not whether or not other protagonist characters and other movies have ever done anything wrong. The point I was making is that in the Marvel world, in the DC world, typically the behavior we see from Captain Marvel is villainous behavior. The fact that you would grab someone, squeeze their hand to make them drop to their knees and threaten to remove their hand unless they give you their thousands of dollars in property is villainous behavior. Now, it gets kind of funny, okay? Because a bunch of outlets picked up my tweet and took the idea and ran with it. And I think it's fine. It's funny, okay? Well, one of these stories, I believe from the Daily Wire, got, yes, from the Daily Wire, got posted to GamerGazi. GamerGazi is like a social justice subreddit. Uh, I don't necessarily know a whole lot about it, but they do refer to themselves as SJWs. This was recently posted, and, and I will explain to you, I routinely read the, the Gamer Ghazi. I probably read it more than any other subreddit. And I will say this too, the Gamergazi people are really, really good at sourcing this kind of information, culture war stuff, before any other subreddit. So I usually go here and see what they're talking about. But they posted a segment from, uh, from the, Daily, the Daily Wire, and they're mocking it. There's someone said, why do I have an effing feeling that they wouldn't be outraged if it was a man? So here's the point. A ton of these like social justice types started, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say attacking me, but like being very critical and saying, oh, Tim, she's, she, it's justice. It's retribution, yada, yada, yada. I, I had a few Twitter threads with people who were saying like, he's getting what he deserves. Here's the best part. First of all, I made a silly, stupid tweet about a movie, and all of these, like, left-wing people got really bent out of shape, and I have no idea why. I'm surprised that my tweet got 3,000 retweets, seriously. But here's the thing. At this point in the movie, Captain Marvel literally was the villain. Spoiler alert, for whatever reason, if you didn't see the movie, you're probably not going to see it now. Captain Marvel is part of a group called, like, Star Force or something. They are the bad guys. That's the point of the movie. They, they literally kill refugees. She gets, she's chasing down, uh, I, I, she gets captured by the refugees, the scrolls, who are trying to like probe her memory and she escapes. The people she had previously been killing. She crash lands on earth. She finds a guy and threatens to remove his hand and steals his motorcycle. Point being, later in the movie, she realizes they're the bad guys, and she changes the color of her uniform and becomes a good guy. Yes, Captain Marvel at that point was the villain. I was making a dumb comment on Twitter. I don't know why it went viral. It was silly. But these people immediately started defending her behavior, saying things like, she's a hero. Oh my God, the Terminator did this. The Punisher does this. And I'm like, the Punisher is literally the villain in Daredevil, like the series. He's, he's, he's an anti-hero. The Terminator is a is a character. I don't even know if you describe the Terminator as a hero. The point is, um, I think Max Stutchberry says, don't watch Terminator 2, you'll faint. Ha 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 ha. The Terminator's not a superhero. The Terminator was a giant robot programmed to kill. And my understanding is that in the movie, he actually hurts many, many innocent people. And it's supposed to draw on the moral ambiguity of a robot and the mo- robot's objective. In fact, Terminator was the bad guy in the first one anyway. Batman is a good guy. Batman refuses to, to harm people to an extent. There's a really great line in the Injustice storyline, the game, Injustice 2, where he repeatedly punches a henchman in the face and then Robin goes, it's, it's, it's hilarious, uh, he goes, you, uh, you won't kill people, but you'll, you won't stop. You, you, he like, said, he's like, you stop short of killing people, but you're okay with traumatic brain injury, which I thought was hilarious. Anyway, the point is, when I talk about heroes, I think about the, the traditional heroic behavior versus the villainous behavior. In this scene where Captain Marvel is doing this, it's kind of just villainous behavior, threatening to steal from a guy. But the point is, here, here's what I tweeted. And now the twist. Look at all the people defending Captain Marvel. Now consider that in the movie, she literally is the villain at this point. She was a fascist space cop who killed refugees and realized she was on the wrong side later, yet these people defend her behavior. So let's talk about, you know, so I, I, actually I'll do a quick throw to Indiana Jones. I get it. You can like Indy. But there's a point to be made about these people being like anti-colonialist, anti-white supremacy, cheering for a guy who literally raids the temples of the indigenous. How do you simultaneously hold those views? I have no idea. But let's talk about people got mad like I called her a fascist. She was The, the the Kree empire. It was an empire that was conquering other worlds, going outside of its own world, invading other worlds and killing people. And when the scrolls refused to bend the knee, they hunted them down and killed them too. That is pretty damn fascistic. Okay, I think it's silly when the left calls conservatives fascists. Of course, it makes no sense. But if you can't call a, a massive empire that hunts down, hunts down and kills refugees based on like their species. Well, I don't, I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. They're, they're they, they, they manipulated, kidnapped and brainwashed Captain Marvel into being a, a, a soldier for the for the empire. Pretty damn fascistic. But the reason I said it is because think about what she's doing. She is a space cop. She's a space soldier. She kills refugees. She shows up on Earth still in her space force, military, murderous, you know, character arc and threatens to hurt somebody to steal from him. And they rush to her defense and they cheer for it saying, this is justice. Imagine what those people would do if they had real power. So let's see what some of these comments are. And, and admittedly, the, the post on Gamer Gazzy's is There's only a few comments. Arnold does this in every Terminator movie and it's used to prove what a badass he is, right? He's not a good guy. He's not a superhero. He's a robot who will do anything to protect John Connor, which, which includes hurting innocent people. There's a difference between standing up for justice And protecting people and being a murderous robot who was programmed to defend one person. Yeah, it's legit a reference to the Terminator. And here I am, a man having beer (laughs) by it. I never saw it coming. If you can't have superheroes perform badass extrajudicial violence over relatively petty slights, why even bother writing about them? That's actually a really, really good point. I think they're being sarcastic here in agreement. She is using her powers to oppress somebody. Someone said, written by the ultimate dork. It really is. I mean, I, I'll be honest. The, what's crazy to me is people saying, you wouldn't criticize a man who does this. Yes, y- y- yes, I would. I don't understand how that becomes an argument. Is, is this the weirdest thing? These are the people who scream gamer, GamerGate all day and night. And here I am having nothing to do with either, making a point about how Captain Marvel was robbing a dude and, try, and threatening to maim him. And they're like, it's because you, I, I, I kid you not. Oh, my God. They were tweeting at me saying it's because I hate women. Seriously. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just making a point about Captain Marvel hurting a dude. I've made a bunch of points. I just made a point about Indiana Jones raiding indigenous temples. I don't care if you're a dude or not. Why is that their go-to? It's almost like they're stuck in some weird Wally world where heaven forbid someone criticize a movie character. And the best part is, I love this. After I pointed out that, um, look at all the people defending her. Like this part of her story arc, she she is part of the bad guys. She turns on them. And defeats them. That's the point of the story. The, the, the funniest part about it is that they're now saying, dude, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Why are you so obsessed? And I'm like, actually, that's a question for you. I just made a single snarky comment on Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. I saw a movie clip and I said, here's what I think. And you guys rushed to start attacking me, claiming that I'm sexist. And they started saying things like, you're a white male. It was the weirdest thing ever. I'm like, now maybe I understand the, the Gamergate stuff. Like, what it, what, who are these people? R- running up being like, you wouldn't say the same thing about a man. Yeah, yeah I would. In the beginning of Thor, Thor uh, goes to, well, it's not necessarily fair. Thor goes and kills a bunch of ice giants. But I guess they did invade his, his, his sacred weapons vault, so it was more defensive. Someone asked me about, like, Spider-Man. And I'm like, what if Spider-Man, like, robbed somebody except when he had the black suit? And yes, the black suit made him a bad guy when he became Venom Spider-Man black suit spider-man and they're like well what about you know the punisher and i'm like the punisher is literally a villain in daredevil like he's actually like they try to stop him the, the, the hero tries to stop him there's a difference between a protagonist and a superhero you know what? i'm not gonna i don't want to rant too much on this i just find it funny um accidentally getting them to defend fascism is always is always a funny, funny day. Know, these people are weird. Anyway, thanks for hanging out stick around. I got another segment coming up very, very uh, in the next couple seconds, and for those on YouTube, it'll be in a few minutes, but I will see you shortly. You know, I've been doing a lot of segments on UFOs, and I thought it was kind of funny and endearing to do so because it's like, what do UFOs have to do with politics and, and culture and a lot of stuff I normally talk about? But the reality is UFO stories are just interesting. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe aliens are are, are coming here. They, they maybe exist somewhere because of mathematical probability. It's very likely. But whether or not UFOs are alien, probably slim to none, probably military technology. But I think the stories are fascinating. Here's the thing, though. I'm not the only one who's talking about this. We have this story from The Daily Wire. When I saw this story in The Daily Wire, it's from uh, Ash Shkow, and I laughed because... I, I, I do often comment and read many of Ash's stories. And I do notice that sometimes she'll write something about a story I've covered. I don't want to imply that she does this all the time. I've just seen it like once or twice. But I definitely do comment on a ton of her stories. So I did this video on UFOs a couple. And then I saw she wrote this. And I kind of laughed. And I'm like, I am not being weird talking about UFOs. Because the Daily Wire is doing it. And then I read into it. And it turns out it's actually the New York Times how cool is this? The New York Times. Wow. What is that? Navy pilots report unexplained flying objects. This is amazing. I'm super stoked on the story. Before we get started, go to timcast.com donate if you'd like to support my work. There's a monthly donation option. I really do rely on your support. Keep this going, especially as we're expanding subverse and trying to do more legit journalism without all the nonsense. Cryptocurrency address, physical address, but of course, sharing the video, liking, and commenting are some of the best things you can do because that engagement is really, really great uh, for YouTube. But here's what we're going to do. The New York Times wrote the story, but um, admittedly, I think the New York Times often gets long-winded and boring. So let's read the Daily Wire. And if, and if we have time, we'll jump over and see what the New York Times is done about. But I, I like the Daily Wire because they're going to get more succinct into the interesting points. Uh, also, considering I, I mentioned I do often read Ash's uh, articles too much, I should give her credit and uh, you should follow her on Twitter. She says she writes, when we think of UFOs, we tend to think of aliens, but we must remember that not all UFOs are, are extraterrestrial. Well, I'll stop you right there, Ash. I think none of the UFOs are extraterrestrial. And if they are, it's like 0.0000001% likelihood that's the case. No, I think it's probably military, but that's the point she's probably trying to make. The U.S. Navy has been reporting UFOs, suspected aircrafts encountered during flights that they can't recognize or explain. The New York Times has collected some of their stories, including that of Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F-A-18 Super Hornet pilot. Graves has been with the Navy for 10 years, but in 2014 and 2015, he saw something he couldn't explain. The Times described the objects seen by Graves and other pilots as having no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, able to reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds, and at least one of which spun like a top moving against the wind. Graves said these objects, which appeared between summer 2014 and March 2015, would, uh, would be out there all day. That's crazy. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy. With, with the speeds we observed, 12 hours in the air is 11, is 11 hours longer than we'd expect, he added. Graves and other pilots told the Times that they began noticing strange objects after their decades-old radar system was upgraded. The pilots initially thought they were false radar tracks. People have seen strange stuff in the military aircraft for decades, Grave told the Times. We're doing this very complex mission to go from 30,000 feet diving down. It would be a pretty big deal to have something up there. Another pilot, Lieutenant Danny Acoin, maneuvered below one of the objects. He told the Times he was close enough to where he should have been able to see it, but could not. A few days later, the object reemerged, and this time a training missile locked onto it. Acoin said his infrared camera locked onto it, too. I'm going to make a sci-fi point right now. He mentions how they're in the air for 12 12 hours and it's 11 hours longer than they'd expect. If you're operating within the the traditional confines of physical reality, using combustion, for instance, or, or a jet engine, you need to expend fuel to maintain a certain amount of energy to resist gravity. So, um... I'll put it this way. I've, I've watched some of these YouTube science videos on gravitational force. So now I'm an absolute PhD expert. I'm kidding, by the way. But typically, gravity is constantly exerting a force on you. And you have to exert an equal and opposite force to make, to, to resist it and stay where you are. In terms of like orbit, you're, sh- you're going so fast, you're going around. And it's, it's keeping you up, essentially. You're, you, you're exerting that energy. Over time, the orbit decays, you will fall. What if these ships somehow were able to neutralize gravity so they were no longer impacted by it? Anti-gravity essentially. How much energy would you need? And what if it's not that they have to constantly maintain negative uh, uh, an inverse amount of energy to resist gravity, but what if they simply flicked a switch and then all of a sudden gravity phases through uh, they're no longer impacted by gravity? Wouldn't that be amazing? Maybe that's maybe maybe I th- maybe we think about this all wrong. Maybe when we're talking about flight we're thinking about we have gravity, we have air, we have we can, you know we can use uh, we can use uh, airfoil to fly, we can use a jet engine, a rocket engine, we can resist gravity. But what if there was a way to to create some kind of vehicle that was completely unaffected by gravity? If it was anti gravity, then don't think. Here's the way I think. Imagine like phasing into like phasing somehow so that gravity doesn't impact you. In which case, it wouldn't require that much energy at all. Presumably, if you could flip a switch and then gravity just passes through you. Or however, I I mean, gravity doesn't necessarily work that way. But you see what I'm trying to say? Just an idea. Maybe I'm wrong and dumb and know nothing about quantum mechanics, but I think it's interesting to think about that. Because if that were the case, then they could stay in the air forever. Flick a switch, gravity no longer affects you, and it doesn't require a ton of energy to maintain that state. I knew I had it. I knew it was not a false hit, you told the Times, but still, I could not pick it up visually. Finally, a pilot saw one of the objects. Graves said the pilot came back from a mission with a look of shock on his face. I almost hit one of those things. Graves said the pilot told him. The pilot described the object as a sphere encased in a cube. What? That's so cool. Footage from these flights showed objects moving in ways no human could survive, such as acceleration to hypersonic speed and then suddenly stopping. Yes, yes. Because imagine they're they're not acting within physical space the way we see it. So now when they move... It's, it's like they're not actually moving in physical space where there's going to be inertia. They're totally phased out of whatever that is. So when, when they move really fast to them, it's like they're not moving at all. It's kind of like how Star Trek works, the warp drive. They're moving in between space time so they don't feel the forces that, and, you know, they have inertial dampeners, which maybe they have those too, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's cool stuff. The pilots made no statement as to whether they believed the objects were alien. This month... Uh, This month has seen several stories about the way the Navy handles such sightings. At the beginning of the month, the Daily Wire reported the Navy was encouraging pilots to report their encounters with unidentified aircrafts. A few days later, the military branch suggested it would renege on a promise to reveal reported encounters. I'm going to get all crazy, spooky conspiracy on you guys. We have seen a bunch of stories in the past couple weeks about UFOs. Seriously. I've been making videos about them because I mentioned in the beginning. I think it's funny, interesting, and kind of endearing in a sense where it's like, uh, maybe endearing is not the right word, but it's fun to talk about crazy UFOs and science instead of always just being stuck in this world of politics. So I definitely love talking about this stuff. And I think a lot of you guys find it interesting too. It's not, The videos actually do kind of well, so that, make, that makes me feel better. But what if the reason all of these stories, and, and again, again, I, I got to stop. This is conspiracy, semi facetious joking. Okay, I'm not being serious. I'm just saying it's a funny thought. The mainstream media is trying to get you ready for the big reveal aliens, they're here. And we've known the whole time. Think about the Men in Black. And the Men in Black, they keep it a secret from everybody. And, and what does Agent K say? The, the only way that humans, you know, there's always some death ray or some, you know, some, something threatening the planet. And the only way these people get along you know, uh, with our lives is because they don't know about it. But think about what would happen if aliens did make contact with Earth. How would the Earth respond? It's going to disrupt religions. It's going to massively disrupt economies. It's going to be really, really dangerous. So maybe now you've got the, the news slowly talking about, hey, this might be a real thing. Hey, the Navy are saying it's real. And then in a couple of years from now, we're just going to be like, oh yeah, we've been hearing, about, you know, we've been hearing about this for years. It's no big deal. You can't just come out and say aliens ex- exist. Now, Now, here's the thing. I do not believe it's aliens. I do not believe it's a conspiracy. I don't believe the media is doing this on purpose. I'm just saying that would be cool if that was the case, right? It would make life less boring. How amazing would it be if all of a sudden first contact and the government knew and they had to work us into it so the world, the economy doesn't collapse. And then all of a sudden it's like the Vulcans and we get warp drive. And then you've got to go and join like the Galactic Federation. That would be amazing. I'm pretty sure every Star Trek fan, fan ever is crossing their fingers and hoping that's the case. But uh, don't get your hopes up because that's p- not possible for the most. Like, look, it's technically possible. It's not going to happen. It's just not. We don't live in a cartoon. We live in a boring, regular world. And we make up stories like this because we're bored. And that's why I'm talking about it. Not because it's a possibility it's true, just because it's, it's fun. You know, it's what entertainment is. You know, I often think about where we would be in life without video games, entertainment or something to do, because after you, you, you eat your food and and like you take a shower, you eat your food, you're alive, you're here. And now you've got several hours in the day. What do you do? You got to do something. Some people tell stories. Some people find their mission. Some people witness UFOs and some people believe they're actually aliens, but it's because we want purpose. We want to imagine the light that life isn't super boring and there's more out there, unfortunately for all of us. Science, at least for now, our human understanding and my limited understanding of the actual science is that the universe is expanding faster and faster. And there will come a point where people on Earth won't even be able to see any uh, any stars or other planets and they'll assume it's just nothing. Just, there's just nothing out there. And that breaks my heart. That's, that's scary. You know, we're lucky enough to be at a time where we can see the stars. We can only see so far because of how, fa- how far light can travel over a certain amount of time. But once the universe expands to a certain point, There will be planets, potentially with life, looking at the sky, and it's jet black. Nothing. No stars, no planets, nothing. And even with the best telescopes, the universe will have expanded too much, and there will be nothing there. And they'll think they're the only ones. And they'll probably believe that they are the center of the universe. That breaks my heart. You know, it might be even more sad that we know, at least with our level of technology now, we'll probably never, you know, or at a certain point, just not get to these other planets not explore beyond the stars. But I'm, a, I'm hopeful. Whatever these UFO thingamajiggers are, you know, uh, maybe, maybe there are technology we have. Maybe there's something out there. Maybe we will find a way to phase outside of the confines of the f- of physical reality, bypassing gravity, inertia, etc. And we can move at beyond the speed of light, warp drive, and then go wherever we want, whenever we want. Alternatively, maybe we're all living in a big simulation and these are just admins checking up on the game, and the reason you're not supposed to see them is because they're admins. Another joke. Anyway, I hope you found this story fun and interesting, because I certainly do, and uh, thanks for hanging out. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on uh, youtube.com slash timcast. For those listening on the podcast, 7 p.m., and um, I'll see you then. Adios.